Get in the gates. Uh, this is episode 16. We are talking Enigma, episode 17 of SG1 season 1. Welcome back to Get in the Gate. We are reliving, reloving Stargate SG1. And the man, the reason why we're here, the rookie, the newbie to the show, Reese Gibson, he once again joins us after two weeks off. Welcome back, Reese. Hey. Oh, good morning. Yes, thank you. Welcome back. Turns and- out you're not the reason we're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> two weeks off. You like no, the show, I'm, obviously, the I'm last the two re- weeks. I'm the reason that the listeners are here. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yes. There we go. If you hadn't shown up for this episode, I would have just cut you from my life completely. I was telling, <laughs> I was telling the guys how you went to a matinee of Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a matinee, but yes. And it wasn't Madeline. <laughs> it wasn't Madeline. <laughs> I always get. Uh, I'm, I'm really bad with names. <laughs> it's Madeline. She, uh, yeah. she could have been called Martha. Like, I would have really loved it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he didn't get it. Yeah, no. it, you went and saw the matinee of Marmalade. That's the name of a stripper, right? That was Marmalade. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw her matinee. <laughs> <laughs> you saw her opening night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was too far. <laughs> that was good, mate. The rest of the team, we got Matty Gibson, Yo. Brendan, Brendan Gibson. Hello. I got there eventually. Brendan. <laughs> Myself, Mitch Lewis. Yes, we are back. The uh, full Get Into Gate team. And uh, look, this is our first show after Christmas, boys. So Merry Christmas. Hope you all had a good couple of days watching uh, Stargate, hopefully spending it the right way. Do you they know? have a Christmas episode? I don't think they do. No. And I think because of the way we were watching it, I was expecting to get to a point when they were going to have in a the, Christmas uh, episode. In the but... finale, they have Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe I should watch that. It's and not have a in a Christmas episode. Mm. Hmm. Is it the yeah. same sort of argument about Die Hard? Like Die Hard's got Christmas in it, but most people say it's not a Christmas exactly movie. Right. I exactly mean, to me, right. it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Mm. But what? If what about Jingle All the Way? Well, oh, shake, sure. <laughs> hey, hey no. Home Alone. Oh, home, okay. Look, they're in the grand final, home and I don't want to see that game ever played. I don't want to know the winner. Yeah. I just want to know the well, Home Alone. Home Alone and, killed it, and obviously, <laughs> see the map, yeah. it's Home Alone one or two. Yeah. Yeah. What, about, what, about oh, what about Home Alone three? Oh, just kidding. What about yeah. Gremlins? I watch that every year at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> no. I just can't feel like one of the guys around these guys. <laughs> All right, Reese, you uh, you missed me doing this last uh, couple of weeks uh, with the extra flavor. So um, let's see if I can do this. I don't do read through what, it at the start. Do you remember start. what we're doing? Oh, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> so Enigma in our new world, is about the SG-1 team rescuing a group of highly developed survivors from the cataclysmic planet of Tolan to stop the legendary knowledge of the Tolan people from falling into the wrong hands. Walter and his team stake all on a cross-universal rescue. (laughs) (laughs) It's back to our uh, saucy minx. Catherine Powers wrote Enigma. Sexy minx. That's the best we got. And we spoke about it. She's a good writer. Some of her, most of her episodes are awesome. Yeah. And then I saw at the end of this episode, uh, it had that she is like what a, a chief story consultant or something like that. And yeah. then immediately after in the credits was chief story editor was Robert C. Cooper. And I'm like, well, we need to switch oh. those bad boys around. Okay? <laughs> yeah. If anyone's proving yeah. themselves at this point in the show, it's Catherine yeah. Powell. Yeah. Imagine the show, what the show could have been if, you know, oh, she, God. if she was EP. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Would have it's been Enigma like versus Cori. Like, there's a clear winner there. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so he had Enigma. nothing to do with Korai, did he? Didn't he write it? No. Was it, was it bad? That was the episode. I missed that. No, he wrote oh, Singularity. Mate, yeah. You picked. Oh, well, f- even worse. <laughs> you picked the best episode to not be here for. Excellent. I'm not even gonna go back and um. <laughs> Watch it. Haven't you watched them? Well, Korai is kind of a Tilk episode, and since Tilk is your favourite, I feel yeah, like you, you should watch. You Korai. might should get watch some it. enjoyment out of it's it. It's good for the first time, but 
like Maddie and I being repeat offenders, mm. going back and ooh, uh, that's boring. Well, Let's just to this us way. after the fifth yeah, yeah. time. If you want to see Tilt cry, watch Cry. Oh, yeah. oh Ryan Five. O'Neill hey. kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> 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 uh, so Enigma, the uh, the emergence of the Tolan, and what really excited me about this because it's been a long time since I watched this uh, this episode. Tobin Bell, you might not know the, the actor's name, but he was the he was the chieftain, the the, the leader of the Tolan. Oh, the dick. the, the oh, actor, the actor yeah, that played Jigsaw in the Jigsaw films. himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and um, mm. still just as much of a dick. Um, just as menacing, just sitting on his yeah. bed, just like looking like sort of half open eyes and yeah, he's this sort of murder half awake someone. Vo- Yeah, exactly. Like it, it paved the way for him to become this torture porn serial killer in a yeah. horror franchise ten years later. So that was really cool for me. I really like that. But you're right, yeah, a constant dick and uh, emergence of a new, far more advanced race, which we haven't had in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that, and it's the first kind of humanoid mm. people that are advanced. Is it this one? I think it's a different episode where Daniel says. It wasn't called the Dark Ages because it was dark. That wasn't this episode. No, no they spoke. No, spoke they of the talk dark about ages, that. They, he speaks of the Dark Ages, but yeah, the seven hundred years of no where yeah. reading writing was outlawed. Yeah, yeah. science was heresy and all yeah. that sort of thing. That was a cool mm. line. I actually, really like that because you start thinking, like, oh yeah, well, f- yeah, people have actually allowed the geniuses of the world to do what was good for the race of humanity. Yeah, then maybe we would be in much and they better places. Didn't just punish them and imprison them and. So, yeah, that's how they justified them being as advanced or further advanced than us because we were untouched by the Goa'uld, obviously so were they, but they were also untouched by Christianity. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they did say, he did say that there. For, he goes, because he saw Carter and thought she was an angel, right? Yeah, says, I like that line. It was a time... Um, in our civilization before reason and science where our people <laughs> yeah, believe that was in all burn. matters of nonsense. That was such a burn. <laughs> so good. And then I like that at the same time he was such a polar opposite of uh, Olmark. Uh, Nareem was his name? Yeah. Mm. yeah and uh, and he's walking up and he said, yeah, we, we used to believe in such nonsense, such <laughs> such sort of fantasy <laughs> elements. And she's oh, we call those things that you just described um, in greater detail than I did. Angels. And he's like, oh, so you still believe in them? And it wasn't paying her out. He said, oh, so, but you still believe in them? She's mm. well, some of them, some of us do. And he still th- sort of turned to her and go, well, clearly you're not one of them. You're one of the yeah. smarter people, but those people are stupid. Like he was, he was so nice about the whole thing, yeah, so but still making a bloody good point. Yeah. <laughs> and if I tell you what, if there's, if there's one thing you're going to say to a woman, when you're flirting with her, it's that she looks like an angel. I mean, well yeah, done. Yeah. And at the same time, he had one of the worst pickup lines I've ever heard. When she comes over to him, he's, I'm sorry, um, I don't know how to use a blanket. Um, <laughs> you don't know how to use a blanket? <laughs> yeah. like, how stu- you're an advanced race. I don't know how to use a warming device. Who's primitive now, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> they obviously haven't got gender equality there because mm. they're still getting the women to do the sheets. <laughs> Just on the, on the Nareem Carter romance, can... Is the cat a metaphor for Carter's vagina? <laughs> mm. You know, I saw you send through... I put my Schrodinger like, in your box. Well, just, just, follow, just following it through, right? Um, he calls her an angel, so she gets intrigued with him. And then they're outside and he says, oh, he's never seen... An... Now, you guys in the room will have to see my air quotes, but he says he's never seen an animal before. <laughs> so then she decides, oh, I'll get you some books with some animals in them to look at. <laughs> And then off screen decides instead to just rock up to his bed, uncage her box and let her cat out to show him to pet. 
And then it's named after a scientific theorem, which a theorem that she then says that he has licked. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. You know what? I never thought about wow. it in as much yeah. detail, but it's hard to argue against it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, is it? Is it that on the nose that the cats the cats have a vagina? And you then know. and then doesn't he take the cat with him at the end of the episode? He sure does. So she he has her cat. <laughs> so she can't give her cat to None of us picked up on that. Else? Were you just horny and had to watch this instead of porn? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the first time we see the miniature UAV fly through the gate. Yeah, show's mm. got some budget, yeah. doesn't it? They got some excess budget yeah. to throw around and make a new prop. <laughs> yeah, because we did see a lot more wormhole action, like uh, you know, mm. of the actual event horizon we got to see. You know, because at the start, I thought, oh, they're saving some money here because it was going through the the ash cloud essentially on the uh, the Tolan planet, and you hear the gate, you sort of see the the light brightness, you know, whatever, and they go over, and then they oh no, they actually did come at the event horizon, but you didn't see the, the full effect, and mm. yeah, I Kaboosh, thought, oh, this yeah. is how they save their money, but they really made up for it, I think, as the as the episode went on. Do you yeah. know how else they made up for it by hiring some really shit extras? So I'll show you guys a video. Which again is pointless for a, for an audio medium. We can check it up on Instagram. But as as they're bringing through survivors from the Tolan planet, uh, there's there's a Tolan guy on a stretcher, <laughs> and O'Neill kind of just puts his helmet on his on his stomach, and the unconscious Tolan just grabs it and holds on to it <laughs> so it doesn't fall off. <laughs> That's oh, great. <laughs> so, so subtle great. as well yeah. Holy shit Just that's so they don't have to Like it doesn't roll off And they've got to do another take yeah. <laughs> Head to our Instagram page We'll, uh, we'll have that up Where you can uh, where you can check that out I don't <laughs> think you're going to be able to miss it Quietly Wow that's um, yeah. That's funny Yeah he's he's just trying to get more work He's like look what I that's can it. do On the subtle like, side <laughs> I'm a team player <laughs> yeah. Saving you film Now as, as I uh, We already mentioned the Knox Now it's been a long time Since I had seen this episode So I didn't know That they were going to appear here at the end, but they had the Knox music playing. I think when um, Nareem and Carter first went up to the surface and yeah. were looking around, yeah, and they had the Knox music playing because like we we played that Knox music in our episode and we were saying how much we loved it, you know, and so it really stood out. And I thought, oh, what well, that's interesting. Why they're playing that now? I mean, did you pick up on that straight away, Reese, or did not until the end of the? End yeah, of the show? no, not until um, yeah they started talking about what um, what world they could go to mm. um and he, he kept saying no you're too primitive too primitive and i'm like there's only one place they'd be able to go yeah that's not that primitive that we know about at the moment so um but yeah, yeah. on the as you're talking about uh nareem and carter going up on the surface like how the f- did hammond let that happen i, know. I thought the same thing <laughs> again that. we spoke about it when you were too. here last week reese it's like we like we still haven't seen an episode where Teal's got to explore Earth. So as far as, <laughs> as, far as we out. know, he's still locked in the base, uh, except for special circumstances when he can go to like Daniel's fake funeral. And in which case, he has to wear stupid hats. Yeah, <laughs> we'll let you out, but you have to wear this. Whereas <laughs> these aliens still in their alien silver jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, fully. Also, been on the planet for five minutes, suddenly allowed up up top. It made me wonder: those guards that are guarding the door, do they have clearance? Like they would have seen this guy come out and be like. We didn't see him come in. Where did he come from? Do they know about the Stargate? 
I yeah. think so. I think <laughs> well, if you like, work on the facility... Didn't they go out of a but, hatch? But isn't it... Um, wasn't there a hatch they came out of? Yeah, it looked like some kind of yeah side secret entrance but or wouldn't something. Wouldn't it be yeah. like something that secret? It'd be like a need-to-know basis. If you're guarding a door, you don't need to know that there's a stargate that travels to other planets. Yeah, as far yeah, as they know, right. probably, yeah, they're just true. doing R&D. You know? yeah. it's, just, it's like three or four levels down doing weapons research. That's right, because yeah. isn't, isn't the official line that it's NORAD is there or something like that? It's like a, is it a, t- a telescope or satellite or something like that. Yeah, it's I think it's like... Yeah, okay. Because we find out... I think next season when we meet Carter's dad, as far as he knows, she's working on long-range stellar yeah. cartography or something yeah, like yeah. that, stellar research. So I was just assumed if you worked on the base, you were in on the secret because they'd only want the best of the best. But yeah, you make a good point. Maybe mm. they've just got well, uh, grunts I mean, fresh out of the academy just guarding the front door. Not to argue against your point, but just argue against that, I guess, existing in the show. We've clearly seen they aren't the best of the best because on what three, <laughs> yeah, three occasions true. they've let people out of that building <laughs> and not only let them out, but have had no idea when they left or where they went or how many people they took with them. But mm. yeah, no, it's a good question because that was one of the, most alarming I think questions coming out of this episode was only a few weeks back we saw Hathor take over all the men in the base I swear Hammond let her do less than what he let Nareem do after yeah. knowing him yeah. far less he's like yeah you can go up to the surface with a smile on his face I actually thought he was being mind controlled for a second <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's too willing to go and let this alien who's working just underneath another bloke that's being an absolute dick to them so far. Going, yeah, yeah, you can go check out the service. It's, like, it's sa- like he was playing matchmaker with him well, it's and it's like Carter. he's saying to Carter, Carter, can you just um, be Hathor for a minute? Go uncork the pheromones yeah. and just, um, you know, try and get this guy on our side. Go, go show him your pussy and get some answers. <laughs> Captain Carter, Mr. Nareem seems very interested in our planet. I thought maybe you'd like to escort him up to the surface to have a look. Really? I would be very pleased to have that opportunity. As long as you give me your word, you'll stay with Captain Carter. As long as he's got his word. You have my word. I don't know what that is, but you have it. Let's go. Sure, you have my word. Whatever. It's like, Teal's like, oh, I'm actually going to, you know, defy my gods and <laughs> yeah. you know, cause, cause a civil uprising. But maybe Teal just hasn't given his word that he won't run away. Yeah. I love it how he's, he's probably uses all his technology to go and destroy Washington. He's like... But he gave me his word. <laughs> you promised me you wouldn't. He's do on this. the red phone to the president. Yeah. President, I don't know what else I could do. He gave me his word. I tell you what, he played the president card in this because while we meet uh, Omak, one of the great dicks of uh, not not so much an alien race, but uh, certainly a, a foreign race on another planet. One of the great dicks in the American government and great dicks of Stargate altogether. Reese introducing I got the to sense you, of that, yes. Mayborn, oh, yeah. Colonel oh, Mayborn. Man, Mayborn. What a tosser, honestly! Oh. Like when he popped in, I'm like, that's right. He he comes into the show this early, and what a dick he proves himself yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah, I loved it when Hammond just pulled rank on him. Yeah, that's he's like, so go good. to your room. No, yeah. I'll stay here. No, go and to your room. It wasn't That's a order. request. That was an order, and he, Colonel. And he, no, he looks down oh. at his shoulder at his rank insignia yeah. Yeah. Oh, just really? to reinforce that <laughs> I got stars on my shoulder. You don't, Colonel. Yeah. yeah. What would have made that better it. is if Colonel O'Neill would have then come up and said, Sir, I want to go do something. Yes, you do what you want, Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much were on the roost around here, Jack. <laughs> Jack, you let yes. me know if you need me. General, I want to... Yes, sir, you go for it. And given how well, like, Mayborn... Because obviously Mayborn does come back and he becomes one of those, yeah, the great people that we love to hate. I wonder if it was just a matter of the actor they had for the other Colonel that, that Jack didn't get along with from mm. the first of the Colonel Simmons or whatever yeah. it was. I wonder if that actor was just unavailable. So they've recast and rewritten it for, for, for this new character, Mayborn. Yeah. And then this this actor has just nailed it, and they've just gone, well, let's bring him, so let's bring him back instead. Yeah. Mm. 
Because I do feel like the... Such a prick. You want to punch him in the face every yeah. time yeah. he's on screen. The back and forth between him and Jack is also yeah. really good as well. They've got a really good sort of um, rapport going. Yeah, they do. Was the NID that they stand for? Like this, yeah. this new organisation which is a, been established? Yeah. And- a, f- a fun little um, bit of trivia because obviously the NID does become a, a much bigger player in, in later seasons. I think it stands for like the National in- Intelligence Division or something like that. But in one of the um, audio commentaries, um, one of the directors, Peter DeLuise, says apparently early on they were going to be the NRD, which actually standing for not a real department. <laughs> that was just what they made up. And they went, no, because we can't actually give it an in-world name if it's NRD. Yeah. We'll call it NID. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we about at the start how um, Buddy O'Neill asked Carter, how long have we got? She's like, I don't know, sir. I'm not a volcanologist. <laughs> yeah, what would I Why, know? What the hell? <laughs> Actually, Why would she know? <laughs> well, she's a sciencey girl. You know how we gave it to her <laughs> a couple of weeks ago about um, like where they've just inserted Carter ADR, like they've just to give her a line? Yeah. Like, yeah. They've done it in this episode too, in the opening. Have a listen to this. Well... None of this was going on when we sent the probe through. <laughs> 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 it's like the first ever uh, line of the episode. Yeah. yeah. And it's just clear. And then it goes into the, in the rest of the audio and it's like clearly different audio quality. So she's yeah. just done it in an ADR session some other time. Yeah. Well, they've honestly Whoa. pulled her through and not even told her what scene it was a part of. Not yeah, even nah. what episode. It was like they're, they're filming three episodes in front or something. Like, yeah. Just come in and read this. Like, it, it stinks yeah, of that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, you could put that at the start of any... Anytime they walk through the gate, you could just play that audio. <laughs> no, it's not unbelievable enough. Do it again. Uh, how about... Perfect. <laughs> there, was, um, there was a little bit of sort of convenient alien convergence of things uh, towards the end as Nareem decides he's got to leave he says to her we have a custom uh, I don't know what to say we have a custom that expresses more than words That's really graphic, isn't it? That sound. Oh, yeah. We have a custom, too. <laughs> and then, to ruin the moment. Whoops. I, I did like Because <laughs> he sort of swans in and sort of almost fell back. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. But now, I just want to play a little game here. Say, for example, I don't know, the four of us were writing this episode. What potentially, like, what are the odds that they actually have the same custom? What, what happened if he just, like... Licked her earlobe. Yeah. And that was their custom. Or like he well, stuck... they are originally human, are they? Yeah. And I guess taken from a time when humans were probably doing that to, you know, show affection or something, yeah. whether it be between a mother and a child or... Yeah. yeah. Essentially, it's, been, it's been thousands of years. How come... It, it could just be they want to stick their thumb in her belly button and that's how they well, show so affection So Egyptians didn't kiss each other? Well, Nareem's not Egyptian. Yeah, but he would have... Look, I'm just trying to be funny here, guys. You're poking <laughs> holes in it. Fine. Move on. You no, know, but that That's actually would here. be funny, especially with that music, because that, that piece that we just played there, I'm like... He licked her earlobe. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes forget how much music plays in this show. Like, yeah, when you're watching a it, lot. there's so much more to obviously take in, yeah. but when you're just listening to it, there's so much theme for. I only ever realised when I started cutting sound bites was yeah. like how much, the, how much sort of um, music there is in the background that you've got to try and cut around and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard. So, Reese, do you understand so, now why um why we were so into the knocks when they first arrived, given how they had just like that 
badass entrance at the end. Yeah, I just love that there's a more powerful race than the goal. Uh, mm. And I'm just like, yes, this is going to be sweet. Like, surely... What interested me is that whether the Tulan and the, the Nox have the same technology or they're just sort of... You know what I mean? Like, if, if they go to the Nox and say, hey, yeah, check out this technology that we've got and then create better technology mm. throughout the understandings of each other. So yeah, well, I, I love the, the dichotomy of the two races in terms of they were very similar technologically, if you think about it. Mm. The Nolan can phase through objects. The mm. Nox Colin. can become... Sorry, what did I say? Nolan. You've been watching Chris Nolan movies. Oh, did, what, um, <laughs> trust me, I haven't. <laughs> um, so the Tolan can phase through objects, whereas the Nox can make objects disappear. And from what we understand at the end of this episode, not just like cloak them, but actually make mm. them completely disappear because the guys mm. holding their guns actually can't even yeah. hold them anymore. Yeah. That's I think they kind of retcon that for me. Yeah, I thought that too. A they, little there's bit. no reason why they shouldn't be able to have their guns. What do they just make them? Well, no, we're just assuming that it was just a cloak. Um, yeah, you know, in the um, yeah. in the Knox episode, and also we see that cool thing where Lyre can just activate the Stargate by doing the YMCA oh, dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was sweet. That like, was really really cool. That was so, so awesome. boss. It. Yeah. I kind of feel like they could have picked a better alien race that they've previously visited to fill in the time before they made contact with the Knox because. Even though it was only a few weeks ago that we watched it. They did. The, the people of the light that... Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like mm. they didn't really think that they were all that great when they went and visited them for their particular episode. So yeah. mm. why they're, yeah, they're, they... their infinite wisdom go, these people that think we're prim primitive, we're going to go and put them with these guys who... It's, you know, it's like setting up a, 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 a blind date that you know is not going to work, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, no, I think, I think they're definitely... Yeah, they made the mistake of thinking that the Tolan would want to live in the land of light, given that how primitive they are. Mm. But I think looking back, SG-1 doesn't really have any other off-world allies no. that yeah. they could contact. If you think about it, they needed the Tolan to contact the Nox. <clears throat> it's probably really the only people they're on speaking terms with. Yeah. They could have gone to, um, I forget the name of the planet, the where Thor's people live in Thor's Hammer. Mm. That's the only other... Yeah, it's not bad. One that I would have thought, oh, if... You know how to contact They, they didn't seem to be a thriving race, though. Like, they talked about how the women were in charge of the town while the men went a Viking, which is now... Yeah, I don't mean those people, but I mean in terms of trying to get to see Thor or whatever. Like yeah, but I conduit. suppose at that stage, do they, they don't even know whether Thor's still alive, though, because you kind of... No, but that's the most a... the best technology they've come across that mm. they don't understand and they couldn't get. Yeah, it's not a bad thought. Definitely not the blokes with the bulls in their lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like sort of the, the darkness and the light of the Nox and the Tolan in that they have such similar technology and the Nox are all about generosity and care mm. and, and share. Well, not so much sharing, but, you know, they're, they're willing to sort of put themselves out to help other people. Whereas the Tolan are just dicks and yeah, they, they, they hoard their technology and they hide it because of what happened to them. Yeah. I just find that so that's a really cool balancing act between between those. I two do species. love Nareem's story about how they found aliens in the same solar system as them. It's like us, yeah, I dug that concept of someone being on Mars or something. The nearest planet in our solar system was called Sarita. When we began to explore space, we learned she was inhabited. Did you make contact? Yes. When we thought they were sufficiently advanced, they were on a level very similar to yours. So what happened? We offered them a device to produce unlimited productive energy. And they used it to make war. 
How bad was it? In one rotation of our planet, they had destroyed theirs. One day? The destruction shifted our planet's orbit 0.3 to Kana. Enough to begin a chain of events that made our world unstable. So that would explain why he's so afraid to give a society like ours any of your technology. Yes. I find that, I, I mean, I know that you think they're dicks for not <laughs> sharing the technology, but I, I find that quite admirable to, to make sure that you're giving your ad, such advanced technology to uh, people that are worthy yeah, but I, I feel like they're like not going to Afghanistan Nox- and giving them AK-47s. You're not really helping them out. And then yeah, but the yeah. Knock, the knocks are the same. They're saying you know we're not going to give you the technology that we have in it for a race so young. Mm. And kind of once you once you are older and and you've learned, you know, then perhaps we can we can be friends. Mm. Whereas the the Tolan, well, it's not so much the Tolan, well, like Nareem's yeah. fine, but mainly Omar, who is their leader. Yeah, Nareem should an, be the voice, yeah. you know, to the people. He, he should, should be, be the face ambassador. of the organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Omar, the PR guy, arrogant <laughs> dick to everybody. He's just the boss's dad. I mean, the, d- <laughs> <laughs> the boss is his dad. Son. Yeah, but yeah, it was nice to see. I guess the, that's uh, that underlying story of, of the show, which you know, Earth wanting you know technology and stuff, and it's not just about us and our our sort of. I guess, involvement with the team and their exploration and things. It's about them being backed by a government that wants them to go and find better technologies to create better weapons. So to see the NID and to see Mayborn come in and remind us of that, that he mm. says, you know, finally the SGC is actually, you know, pulling in, you know, pulling its weight and, you know, earning its all of this money and its funding. And I'm thinking, dude, like, they can't choose what they find. You know, they, they go and see that a planet is habitable and it's able to be, you know, walked through and explored. They go there and they find out that there's diseases there or that there is mm. people wanting to kill them or that, again, there's a there's a planet that's about to be destroyed, you know, in volcanic ash and, you know, and, and explode or implode or whatever. You know, like, they can't pick and choose what they find out there. It's I think it's more like luck. thinking about from his perspective, they, they don't give a shit. You know, they want them to go in, find weapons and come back. But... You know, I think it's just the the time they're taking going in trying to find medicine and trying to help people and mm. trying to do all this. They're just like, you're taking too long. We're giving you all this money. We just want weapons. Go. Yeah. Doesn't matter. If there's no weapons there, come back. Go to a new planet. Mm. And yeah. you see almost... The- do five missions a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was a moment where they very much could have done that right at the start of the episode. They get out there. Carter does her really bad ADR and says, oh, mm. this wasn't happening. Yeah. And O'Neill's like, all right, fire it back up. Let's go, Daniel. And then he looks over and they see people underneath the ash. And yeah. Daniel's like, there's people here. We've got to help them. And I'm like, well, you'd, I mean, you don't have to. This place looks like it's being, <laughs> it's being destroyed. Everyone you find in the, in, in the immediate sort of search is already yeah. dead. Loot their bodies and yeah. get out of there. Get the hell yeah. out of there. You know, they, they could have made that decision to go back and go, hey, sorry, um, you know, sorry, General. Didn't really work out. But hey, look, we're already prepped, ready to go. Yeah. Send us on another mission. Let's go. Send the melt back out there somewhere else. So... Yeah, you're right. Like, you, while we pay out Hammond a lot, and I know Maddie, you said it, you said it took you a couple of seasons to really warm to Hammond. Mm. I guess it shows what kind of bloke he really is. When he could very much be running the place like your Mayborns, like anyone else in the oh, government, yeah. mm. rather than doing what he does, where O'Neill and Daniel come back, make a very humanitarian case about why they should be helping people or why they shouldn't kill people over there or why they shouldn't steal their technology and Hammond actually thinks about it with reason he's a good bloke and goes yeah okay you know Mm. let them keep what they've got or we should help those people or you know let like the other week let Teal'c um, maybe rot in jail when Jack really wanted to go back there and shoot the place up. Yeah. So. Or letting Tilt go back to, you know, look after his son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it took me a few seasons to get on board the Hammond train because, like, 
it took, took a while to get characters like Mayborn and like Senator Kinsey, who we meet at the end of the season, mm. characters like that, that kind of are, you know, butting heads with Hammond and Hammond instead of become, instead of, you know, at the moment, Hammond's the man, like he's, Jack is the one sticking his thumb to the man and going, well, we do whatever we want. Yeah. But over time, then Hammond actually gets to become one of the team and mm. he's with them defying the man who is, you know, other, other government departments and, and all that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I love the, I love the aspect where they're learning from people like the Knox, where they're like, shit, we don't have to be evil and fight and, and be the aggressors in order to, to progress. I think I, that's what I love about it is that it's showing the vast difference between who, what humans are on earth and what they could be. Yeah. yeah. And I think the yeah SG one team and Hammond, and you know, versus the rest of the government is what shows us that because the majority, like what ninety nine percent of any type of inv alien invasion or even alien contact film that we watch, film and TV, you're looking at, uh, and I'm sure you've probably got many examples to the contrary, Maddie, with with Star Trek, but um, most of them, especially the mainstream stuff uh, that we go out and watch, is we're us versus aliens that seem to be unified. Their mm. whole planet. It's not like you, you, you're fighting a group of aliens from a certain country on their planet or anything. Mm. And I, while we did pay out the likes of Independence Day Resurgence in our Get Into Geek, Get Into Movies uh, reviews this year, because the film was horrible, but at least it showed <laughs> at the end of the first film, you know, it was all these different countries coming together because they said, we're humanity, we need to come together to fight these guys. Mm. And they shared information, shared how to beat the, the, uh, the threat. The second movie, as awful as it was, set 20 years later, there's no war going on. No one. There's no conflicts mm. on Earth. Mm. We're all working together. There, there's like disagreements about how to uh, approach a certain situation, but no one's in great conflict. There's no, you know, Middle East war going on. You know, there's nothing happening in Eastern Europe or anything. Everything is unified against a uh, a, a unified enemy. threat as well and a, yeah. con a common enemy. So you're right. Like that's what I love about sci-fi so much is and like you're you're the you know the forefront of that, <laughs> Maddie, with Star Trek is it shows what humanity can be if we yeah. just lose all this prejudice and all this other shit aside and that's what makes me angry when people just sort of diss it as being stupid you yeah. know laser fights and all this sort of shit yeah and well, that's, that's and what I love about Stargate so much is that it's like Stargate is almost the precursor to Star Trek in Star Trek all the main characters are already you know the Nox yep. where they're these you know enlightened people willing to share and, and help out and all that sort of stuff and they have all the advanced technology to back it up Stargate is like the precursor to that in that we're all it's modern day Earth we've got the modern technology we have now you know, making contact with all these advanced species who could theoretically just wipe us from the planet, like an Independence mm. Day and things like that. But it's more about SG One learning, and it's and it's that great sci-fi trope of applying fantastical ideas into a modern day setting to mm. make our our everyday problems seem pretty worthless, like yeah. the, the every, just everyday problems. I wanted to talk about we touched on it earlier, but we wanted to talk about Erwin uh, Schrödinger's hypothesis about regarding his cat the hypothetical. Theorem? experiment that yeah. um that he performed in or thought of in 1935 do we have any audio from that bit 1935 erwin schrodinger in an attempt to explain the copenhagen interpretation of quantum <laughs> oh physics he proposed an experiment i'm like geez uh i'll just pause that for a second i'm like i don't remember the guy sitting so much like sheldon <laughs> interesting i'm like that sounds like yeah we just thought you'd enjoy that much. oh no i love it know how much you love it <laughs> Oh, no, it's I'm great. happy. To, I'm happy to listen. I'm actually really engaged in that before I realised what was going <laughs> yeah. on. So like, it's like immediately went to stop it. Too. No, 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 it's not like, at all. Not on my show. 
Just the look of confusion on Mitch's face. Yeah. No, because I'm like, wow, I thought I was paying attention to this episode when I'm watching. <laughs> Clearly, I wasn't. Because I'm like, that doesn't sound like uh, Nareem. That doesn't sound like Daniel. It's more like Daniel than Nareem, if I'm to be honest. And while I'm going through the thought process, like hang on a second. <laughs> well, am I finishing this off? Because it sounded like he was onto something, onto something good. Well, yeah. it's. Um, the reason we got the audience is, is it's funny that in the Big Bang Theory, they basically they do talk about Schrodinger's cat, you know, theory. And now it's on T-shirts and it's like everybody yeah. knows about Schrodinger's cat because Can of, I actually play the, the rest Big of that Because yeah. he already sounds like he's going to explain it in greater detail than what Carter did yeah, to Noreen. Totally. Because she explained that to him and he's like, oh, that sounds awful. And I'm like, I don't understand what the hell she just said. Yeah. All I heard was like essentially animal cruelty, but I didn't really understand what he was trying to get out of it. So well, maybe you should watch the Big Bang Theory, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I've got other stuff to do. Start, start it again. Because I wasn't listening to it. Stuff to do. <laughs> I was looking Old at you. Too busy losing my dickhead face. In 1935, Erwin Schrödinger, in an attempt to explain the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum physics, he proposed an experiment where a cat is placed in a box with a sealed vial of poison that will break open at a random time. Now, since no one knows when or if the poison has been released, until the box is opened, the cat can be thought of as both alive and dead. <laughs> Where's Carter's laughter? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that funny? Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't get the point. Well, of course you don't get it. I haven't made it yet. <laughs> you have to be psychic to get it, and there's no such thing as psychic. Show them what's the point! <laughs> Just like Schrodinger's cat, your potential relationship with Leonard right now can be thought of as both good and bad. It is only by opening the box that you'll find out which it is. Full disclosure. So is, is he a member of the Knox? <laughs> so wise, well, hiding in plain sight. Full disclosure: the original idea that I had was, and if and like we talked before with the with the music in the background. Yeah. If there wasn't so much uh, music in the background of Carter's, I was going to insert the laugh track, <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't work. But we do have we do have the actual audio of Carter explaining it. Oh, I never thought I'd see a living animal. His name's Schrodinger. Now just imagine she's showing her him. Oh, his, it's kind uh, of a joke, really. His name, that is. Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Well, see, there was an Earth physicist by the name of Erwin Schrodinger. He had this theoretical experiment. Put a cat in a box, add a can of poison gas activated by the decay of a radioactive atom, and close the box. Sounds like a cruel man. Oh, no, no. It was just a theory. He never really did it. But he said that if he did do it, at any one instant, the cat would be both dead and alive at the same time. Ah, uh, equilibrium physics. An atom state is indeterminate until measured by an outside observer. We call it quantum physics. You know the theory. Yeah, I've studied it. And among other misconceptions of elementary science. <laughs> Misconception? You telling me that you guys have licked quantum physics? That word again. <laughs> Even though I still don't, I guess I don't. You're not a physicist. Yeah, I'm not a physicist, not really right? So of course I don't fully understand it, but I do actually understand it more based on the Sheldon Cooper explanation <laughs> of it than what she just yeah. did. Because having heard his first, then before I listened to hers, I'm like, oh, she's left some stuff out that was crucial, and she tried to make it, I guess, sound smarter than what Sheldon did by saying, oh, because of the decay of a dying atom or something, something like he just said, it'll go off at an undisclosed time. Mm. That's like all the, you need to know. The adage of if a tree is to fall in a forest mm. and no one heard it, did it actually make any sound? Yeah. Same kind of deal. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, um, did something happen if 
no one there was saw nothing it. there to measure it. If there was no way to yeah. record and measure it. Like when I killed my neighbor, no <laughs> one saw it, so nothing it happened. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say when you killed your neighbor's cat. <laughs> but there was a couple of instances in this episode where I think they were, humanity and our guys were trying to sound a little bit smarter, like that. Like she didn't need yeah. to necessarily mm. say everything she just said, but she did, and then even. Hammond, when they uh, gave them their weapons back or their devices, and and he goes, oh, you know, and uh, uh, Olmark sort of went on to describe what they weren't, and Hammond said, yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 we, uh, we, we, that's we, that's the conclusion we come to yeah, as well. We, yeah, we're yep, telling you that. Yep, did yeah. all of that, all the study. <laughs> yep. It's it's like Harder- it's like little kids saying, ah, oh, knew you were going to do that. Well, yeah. no, you didn't. But but in that scene, it's like Carter's really, really smart and really, really dumb at the same time. Yeah. Like she she overuses terminologies to explain it. But then, but then forgets that you know Nareem's from another planet and he's not going to get the Schrodinger cat joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is the the actual punchline. Yeah, it's the whole yeah. genesis of a joke. There's a lot of intelligent people that are like that though, just socially retarded. Yeah, <laughs> like, Sheld- like Sheldon. Like Sheldon. Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. It's that time again. You got the sting. Uh, um, <laughs> We're gonna make one. I haven't been here for a while. <laughs> it's time to find out if Reese has been paying attention. attention. <laughs> yeah. Break it down. I've, I've, before we start, I do have a quick question for Reese. That's not part of the quiz. Just an info. This is just to get you get you going and just to practice. Just warm up to practice Excellent, round. Yes. There is no wrong answer to this question, but do you think potentially the the Tolan could be one of the four great races spoken about uh, uh, in the Torment of Tantalus? Well, I didn't think about it till now. <laughs> <laughs> I may be giving you hints. I may be using misdirection to uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, but that makes sense. Yeah, if um, I was going to say smartest, but most knowledgeable. Um, yeah, mm. the Nox, it would make sense. Because I think we've been told in episode what that um, the Asgard are one of them, Thor's race. Yeah, but that's all we kind of know. We don't know about the other three. Mm. All right, so time will start at the uh, conclusion of the first question. These are all gimmies, mate. You'll be f- <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is the name of Nareem's cat? Schrodinger. What is the element the Stargate is made from? Oh, you asked me that before. I don't know. Pause. In singularity, what gold's mothership was in orbit? Oh, pass. In singularity, what is the name of the little girl? Oh, pass. Do you wish she died at the end? Yes. Correct. <laughs> Cassandra. Are you going oh, back yeah. to him or what? And no, no, I didn't say that. Naquota? Naquota? Oh. I'll give you. Oh, she's giving him that. For someone that doesn't remember names, you got very close. So. Yeah. I've got my yeah. notes here from previous episodes. I was going to say, you've got it written down, but you're just trying to figure out the I'm pronunciation through, of it. I'm trying to listen to the question and read through my notes at the same time. All right, so you got. Uh, we didn't do this a couple of weeks ago. I didn't go through the answers. Nareem's cat was Schroding, and you got that. The element the Stargate is made from, you almost got that. I got it. I got it. I heard the ding. Yeah, but you didn't say the word right. But anyway, it's <laughs> it's, Nequo- it's Nequadria. Nequadria. Yeah, I was trying to throw him off. With that, <laughs> I've already in- answered it. Why are you <laughs> trying to throw me off what? In Singularity, the gold uh, was... What's her name? Nare- uh, <laughs> you didn't even have the answers in front of you. <laughs> I was just reading Nareem. Uh, Neoti. <laughs> Yep. And do you wish she died at the end? You answered correctly, and yes. <laughs> Lot of the cobwebs uh, out. Best Where's quiz ever, guys. Best quiz ever. <laughs> so what did you get? It's four. 
So you didn't get them all right. You're still a loser. You haven't got five out of five. We know this. But um, Daniel this. Jackson also has, also has something to say. Reese, your father made you wrong! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That is amazing. Where did you get that from? Wow. Daniel, uh, Michael uh, Shaggs is in town, you know, yeah. promoting his new movie. <laughs> we oh, just got him shit. in. And we thought rather than actually get him in for an interview, we yeah. thought we'll just grab that little bit of audio from him and yeah. uh, and we'll just great. have that. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Great. And you put the backing track to it as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better the other the other week when I got one out of five. Yeah, but. for sure. I know, well, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'll put him up on my board. I've so got one ready for you to get when you get five out of five but it just hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah it won't happen <laughs> <laughs> alright that is Stargate SG1's season 1 episode 17 Enigma get into gate uh, my name is Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram you can follow him Matty Gibson hi Mitch Matty Reestifer I'm at the flying Gibson Brendan at the Brendan Gibson and you can find get into gate on Twitter Facebook and Instagram drop us a line get into gate at gmail.com all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, we are part of the much bigger world that is Get Into Geek the biggest movie out at the moment it's obviously been out for a little over a week Star Wars Rogue One we're all here to review it so you can check that out on the Get Into Geek podcast and everything that Get Into Geek and Get Into Gate do at getintogeek.com boys see you next year in the new year for more Stargate SG1 Get Into Gate chats it's all happening stop it getintogeek.com